understanding the various shades of meanings, the various shades of meanings of the word faith as used in the Bible. Over the past several weeks, we have understood that the word faith is used in various ways in the Bible. The same word, but different shades of meanings. Under the Old Testament, we have about three or four shades of meaning, which come down essentially to, to believe and also faithfulness. Under the Old Testament, is that correct? Okay. Under the New Testament, we have about four shades of meanings. The first shade of meaning is of faith as a religious vocation or religious calling or religious profession. That's one. Number two, that word is also used in the New Testament of faith as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. In that sense, the appropriate word for it is faithfulness. The third shade of meaning is of faith as an apprehending and an appropriating facility of faculty. Which is, in that case, it presents faith as a pair of spiritual senses with which the believer gets to perceive God's gracious purposes, plans, and provisions for him. Is that clear? Okay. So this third shade of faith talks about faith with which you receive what God has for you. The first mention as a vocation is faith that speaks about your calling as a Christian. That's the faith. The second one is faith as a fruit of the Holy Spirit, meaning faithfulness, whereby you, you learn to depend on God on a regular basis. You find God trustworthy, and you also allow yourself to be found trustworthy by God. That's faithfulness. But this fourth, the third one is faith as a faculty or a facility by which you can see or hear what God has in the Bible for you, and with which you can take it unto yourself. And that which God has, that this faith can apprehend, is known as grace. So this is faith with which you see and take the gracious purposes, plans, and provisions that God has for you and for your family and for your ministry or congregation. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Amen. And so this kind of faith, I call it faith as a spirit sense organ. Or I call it faith as a spirit a sort of spirit, pair of spirit glasses or pair of spirit hearing aids and so on and so forth. Then they, we have the final, final shade of meaning of faith. That is faith as a gift of the Holy Spirit. And this faith is similar to the third shade of meaning. In other words, it's a faith with which you can see and take. It's faith that also in the form of a, a facility with which you can see or hear or 
receive and take. The difference between this and the fourth one is that, uh, and the third one is that, the third one is faith that God has designed for the believer. This fourth one is the faith that God has for himself. But which he, on certain occasions, chooses to, for the moment, impart on the believer. That's what makes this faith a gift of the Holy Spirit. Did I make it clear? Because I'm rounding up on this today. You should be able to know it, that you should be able to, whenever you open your Bible, understand what the Bible is talking about, about faith. And you should be able to teach it to others. You know, a time is coming whereby the things I'm teaching you, you'll be required to teach it to others. Praise God. Oh, be sure you'll be required to walk in it, exercise it. One day, somebody will come to me and say, Pastor, what do you mean by this? I say, wait a minute. I look around, and I call you by name. I say, take her, explain to her, so, so, so. <laughs> I say, Savai, I saw those eyes. <laughs> I, I saw those eyebrows. <laughs> she, you know what she did? She said, I saw them. Maybe she may be my first candidate. Mm. Praise the Lord. Is anybody following what I'm saying? That's how practical I want these things to be. The time of we coming to church and going empty-headed and empty-handed is over. You've got to apply what we are taught and walk in victory, walk in success, and get to rule and reign with Christ. You can't rule and reign with Christ without faith. You can't have dominion without faith. You can't even succeed as a Christian without faith. So we're moving to this dimension of being in a position whereby God, you encounter a situation or confront a problem, and that problem is bigger than you, bigger than anybody. Only God can handle it. And even if you pray to God, say, God, intervene and deliver me. He will say, I hear you, and then he will drop his faith on you. That's what I'm talking about at this phase. Does anybody get that clear? Yes. Huh? Only brother Harry? Yes. Okay. Praise God. You can pray all you want. I told you. Let me say this to you. Maybe that will straighten you up. When you pray to God, there are many ways he intervenes. The problem with us is that many times we say, God, I'm praying to you to do this. Here's how I want you to intervene. That's the problem we run into so many times. There are times when you pray to God, I've told you years ago, is that not true? How and when he will intervene is not your business. Have I told you that? For how many years now? <laughs> For many years. So there are going to be one of the ways you're going to... Okay, for instance, look at the woman that went to Elisha uh, with serious problems and say, uh, uh, my husband was... A prophet, but before he died, he's died now. He, he, he has debts he couldn't pay, and the creditor is coming, and they even want to take my two sons. Man of God, what shall I do? You know, what you will expect is that Elijah should have dipped his hand in his pocket and gave to the woman, go and pay them off. He didn't do that. If you started that stuff, Elijah didn't even pray. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that. Elisha didn't pray. That was, was, that, was that an urgent need? No, Elisha didn't pray. 
Did Elijah lay hands on her? Did she cast the demon of poverty out? Did you rebuke the spirit of lack and insufficiency? No. Anybody knows what Elisha did? Huh? Oh, tell me how God intervened in that matter. Tell me. Huh? Word of knowledge. Exactly. And how did it come? By a word. By, notice it didn't come by a loud shout. She, he gave the woman simple instruction. It doesn't sound like a faith thing. But at the end of the day, it was an exercise of word of knowledge and culminated in the exercise of the gift of faith. Just instruction. I know people who come to you who are man of God or pastor, apostle, have this, you may give them instruction, go and do so. so. Oh. This pastor said, okay, before he would have prayed for me. So don't, don't, don't stipulate for God how he's going to. That's the whole lesson I'm talking about. Don't tell God how he's going to operate. He knows and follow instruction. Did that woman return? Yes. What was that testimony? Listen, I did what you said. Listen, I got enough oil. Initially had nothing except paid off the bill. What has happened? Huh? He had excess. He said, I paid off the bill and had excess. The Holy Spirit showed me that she started an oil business with that excess. God is always able to do exceedingly abundantly, but not in the accordance to the way you expect him to walk. All you have to do is to believe, obey. What did I tell you is another word for believe. I, thank you. Thank you. Did you hear him? Okay, he has mask. Find out from him. Five dollars for every consultation. And then you see me after we'll share it. Ignore them. How many of you heard him? These are things I thought for years here. You got to remember these things. What is another word for believe? Obey or obedience. If you don't know how to obey, you can't claim to know how to believe. <laughs> Quote me. And I'll prove it from scripture. It's a matter of who you are obeying or who you are believing. If I ask you to sit on this chair, it's an instruction, right? And you sit. You know what you just did? You obeyed me. Oh, you didn't ask me whether the chair can carry you or not. Did you obey me? Yes. If you sat, right? And guess what else you did at the same time? You believed me. Is that true? So tell anybody. Don't let them confuse you. If you don't know how to obey, you cannot know how to believe. Otherwise, you see believing as a religious thing, and you get confused, and you get sunken. No! Those who can't obey the word of God will find it impossible to believe God. And vice versa. So, tonight, we're continuing on that faith as a gift. So in other words, there are situations that will confront you as a child of God or us as a congregation. 
there's a shade of meaning of faith in the New Testament that speaks of the faith of God being dropped on you at that time to deal with that situation. Do you understand it? So that's God's own apprehension of the situation and the resources he has. It's God apprehending it, not you. But when he apprehends it, he does what? He drops it on you dramatically. Is that correct? After he drops it on you, then you believe, you use it to believe. This time, you're not using your own faith to believe. You're using the faith of God to do what? To believe. And when you use it to believe, your believing in that case comes in most unusual dimensions. In ordinary belief, yes, in your believing with your own faith, it comes with your persuasion. Step one. Step two, confession. Step three, action. Is that correct? Yeah, a miracle happens and the Holy Spirit moves. The, in, in believing with God's own faith also, those three things happen. Persuasion. When God apprehends and shows you what you can do in that situation, yes, what's the next thing you do? You will do what? Be persuaded by it. Secondly, you will confess. Your persuasion in this case will be more, more forceful and certain without wavering. In your own faith, you may be wavering a little bit. But in the faith of God dropped in you, you see unusual boldness in you. In, when you are using your own faith, you will have boldness, but mm, everyone says, well, mm, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. But you won't tell anybody. You're still going. But when the faith of God comes in you, your boldness and persuasion is like you yourself will be surprised. I've been there many times. Are you all following? Okay. Then your confession comes in a very powerful way. That's the way I qualify your confession. You, don't, you won't remember, but I'll say it right away because of time. Your confession will come in the forms of command or authoritative prayer. Did I say that? If it's in prayer, your prayer will be in the form of what we call authoritative prayer or prayer of command. If it's ordinary speaking, it will also have a commanding tone. A commanding tone that is not ordinary. That's why you can ask mountain to move. Because it's not your faith, it's the God faith of God. And your action will be unusual. Your action will be very unusual. Sometimes unfamiliar to men. And the kind of results we saw it extraordinary. I'm talking about the unique features of this kind of faith, if you notice. Amen? Huh? So we talked about the unique features, which is what I've described. Number one, divine apprehension. Number two, dramatic impartation. Number three, amen? The, the, the mode of operation is what I've just described. Unusual, bold, full boldness. Unusual commanding confession. Amen? And then, wake up everybody. And then, what else? Un unusual action. You're believing. And then we talk about the triggers. It's triggered by the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discernings of spirit. Is that correct? And then the results. It usually results in workings of miracles huh? and odd, extraordinary healings. Today, we're talking about the last, the very last 
the last unique feature. Is that correct? Am I right? Okay. The last unique feature is the purposes. The purposes. Why does God give this kind of faith to men? And I want you to know that this faith is not there for you to keep. You have your own faith. But this is a faith that God drops at certain occasions on the heart. That's what? On the first day, I talk about this gift. I just told you the three qualities that God is looking for before he passes on somebody. Anybody remembers the three qualities? Come on. Availability. Uh, uh-huh. Available. What else? Ready. And it starts with a W. Willing. Thank you. Well, the others are looking at you like you're from the other class. Woo! My God. My God. Okay, you don't like things to be broken down, so I have to be speaking over your head. Give you homilies, summons. Welcome back from Christmas, honey. All right? So we got to blame it on something. Pastor, don't you know this is Christmas season? All right. But are you with me now? All right, here, let's take it again. And almost all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like this. If you want to exercise the gift of the Holy Spirit, you have to be what? Available. You have to be what? Willing. You have to be what? Ready. Because I've had people say, why is God using this brother? He doesn't use me. Why? Uh, you know, well, uh, God loves some people more. It's not true. God loves everybody equally. You see, the difference between Esau and Jacob was that Esau was not available, Esau was not willing, and Esau was not ready. Because it will cost you to be able to be on these three platforms. Jacob, I, I tell people, Jacob, the stew Jacob was cooking that Esau died for. Jacob was cooking it not to tempt Esau. He was cooking it because he was really hungry himself. <laughs> Amen? But when he saw what God had, he looked at his hunger, he looked at the pleasantry of the testing of the food, he put them apart and said, God, I'm available. God, I am willing. And God, I am ready. And when he said to Esau, okay, give me your birthright if you want this. Esau said, what do I have to do with the birthright? I'm about to die. It means the guy is not ready. It means the guy is not available. And it means the guy is not willing. I have to tell you these truths. These are truths that guided me. So, the moment you're ready, then God drops that. And we, did we look at examples of this gift of faith? And here's what we are. What are the purposes? I want to put it this way. The purpose for this faith, gift, the gift of uh, or this faith as a gift is not for the satisfaction of the believer's personal selfish needs. It's not. Not for the satisfaction of the believer's what? Selfishness. Even your own faith is not given for satisfaction of selfish needs because it won't work also. But even that, 
The gift of faith is not given to you for your own personal needs. What is given for you for that is your personal faith. Are you following? Huh? And it's not given for the believer's satisfaction of his appetites and desires and fancies. It's not for the glory of the believer. I'll tell you. You say, Pastor, what is it for? I'll tell you. It is for the establishment of God's kingdom purposes, plans, and provisions. Did you understand that? Whenever this faith is given to a man, the intent of God there is that that man or woman will use it to reveal God's kingdom what? Purpose, plan, provision, power. Does anybody follow? Okay. Now I'll give you something more. And two other things come out from there. So that means that believer will use that faith to confront Satan and his kingdom. <laughs> are, you, are you understanding? Because there's always a war between two kingdoms. Satan's kingdom and God's kingdom. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. They are always in conflict. So when God gives this gift of faith, it's for that believer to use it to confront Satan and his kingdom, shut them down, establish God's kingdom, purposes, plans, and provisions. Okay? Did you see level one? Level two. When it's all over, one thing will be standing. Can I tell you what it is? And one thing will be revealed. Can I tell you what it is? The glory of God. (laughs) Are you getting the purpose right now? I said when it is over, one thing will be what? Revealed. And that is one thing. The glory of God. So I'm going to, for the rest of this evening, I'm going to give you scriptures to prove what I've just said. And in each case, the believer involved exercised the gift of faith. Exercised faith as a gift of the Holy Spirit. And you would notice that in each case, it was not personal faith he exercised. And in most cases, it wasn't the personal need of the believer that was at stake. It was the need of God's kingdom on a life or on a circumstance. Does, am I communicating? Okay. Is this kind of message good for an end of the year? Oh, okay. All right. I thought you'd be hearing about how God is going to do. <laughs> Amen. All right. Let's look at it. Matthew, let, let's go to First Kings. 18. Let's go from the Old Testament. First Kings 18. You know what happened. Elijah and the prophets of Baal have these contests. And everybody knows that what Elijah says there was the gift of faith. God's own faith. First Kings 18. So at the end of their contest, he, he disgraced the prophets of Baal. And by implication, he disgraced Satan and his kingdom. Didn't he? And he established God's kingdom 
power. Remember what happened at Mount Carmel? Does anybody remember? Huh? Somebody's power was revealed. Whose power was that? Almighty God. Is that correct? Now let's see what happened. Go to verse 39. Go to verse 39 of that verse, of that chapter. When all the people saw it, when they saw what had happened, they fell on their faces. <laughs> and they said, listen to that, the Lord, that's the word for Jehovah or Yahweh. You can literally say, Jehovah, he is God. Or Yahweh, <laughs> he is God. The English translation says the Lord. Amen? So they called the specified one God who happens to be the true God and say he is indeed God. What are they saying? The same people that we are not sure whether he was or whether Baal was the true God. They came, they came to a conclusion because a man exercised the gift of faith. How many times did they say that? The Lord, he is God. Huh? Then the second one was confirmation. The Lord, he is God. First one, you may say, well, well, they weren't sure. No, they were. They said it first time. And then they did what? Second time. Because two stands for what? Confirmation. Hmm? All right. Agreement. Did you see that? So do you see the glory of God revealed there? Was that miracle for Elijah's personal need? No. It was to reveal to Israel that Jehovah is the king and that his kingdom prevails over all. At the end, what did, it, what did Israel see? That truth. And what does it see? The glory of God. Period. Woo! Verse 40. In, in case you're not too clear about what happened. Then Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them. And Elijah, listen to that, brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Hallelujah. When he slew them, what else did he slay? Their God, Baal. All right. Let's move quickly to the New Testament. Quickly. Move with me quickly. Amen. Hebrews 11, 30, 33 to 34. Hebrews 11, quickly, 33 to 34. Are you ready to praise the Lord tonight? Oh, no. You must bring down the glory here before you leave. And I, I can't be telling you, speak up, I move. No. You must get ready. Get ready. And immediately I stop everybody. You pack your Bible quickly. We stand on our feet and begin to declare the glory of God here. Yeah. Are you in Hebrews 11, 33? Okay. Go to 32. 32. And what more shall I say? Hebrews 11 is called the hall of faith. Or the hall of fame for those who exercise faith under the old covenant. They were all listed. Years ago, I gave a series on that chapter. Hmm? It's called, it was called by faith. We, we analyze every individual mentioned on that chapter. We, that series of messages are still there in the media. But for now, I'll take a few verses. And what more shall I say after listing several individuals? It's like time and space is failing me. Look at what he said. For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon. Listen to that. Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, 
and they who prophets it's like this thing is endless who by what faith did what conquered what kingdoms wow these are kingdoms that were fortified by evil spiritual forces and these men used the gift of faith to conquer those things they performed what acts of what righteousness obtained promises shut the mouths of lions who is he referring to there david and who daniel amen quench the power of fire who is he referring to the three hebrew boys you notice that escaped the edge of the sword <laughs> many times uh, david was one of them they came at the point of being killed in battle, but somebody exercised his faith and they were successful. And from weaknesses, they were made what? Strong. Wow. There are a lot of people from that. Became what? Mighty in war. Joshua was extraordinary. Amen? I like the next one. Put what? Foreign armies to flight. Yay. <laughs> How many times? How many times? Woo! Is it the Am- Amalekites or the Amorites or the five kings of Og and so on and so forth? Next. Women received back their dead by resurrection. It has to be by faith, the, the gift of faith. You know, death, death is Satan's powerful agent. But only God can prevail over it. And women took, laid hold on the faith of God and received their dead back from the dead by resurrection. And others were tortured and not accepting their release so that they might obtain a what? A better what? Resurrection and all that has experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment, so on and so forth. Somewhere after they say, and all these died in faith, but guess what? They brought forth the glory of God. Wouldn't you sense the glory of God? Didn't you sense the glory of God as I was reading those things? Hallelujah. All right, let's move over to the gospels. Let's go to Matthew chapter chapter nine quickly. Go to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Matthew 9. Are you seeing this? Each time, all, the summation of what happened in, in that passage from Hebrew is how Satan's kingdom was shut down. Each time, those acts of faith were mentioned. And how God's kingdom purpose were brought into being and the glory of God made manifest. Am I right? All right, let's look at Matthew 9. Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over the Sea of Galilee. Amen? And came to his own city. And they brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a stretcher and seeing their fate. Now, he saw the fate of the people. Is that correct? Okay. And you know one thing I like about this faith? Our faith sometimes triggers the faith of God. Sometimes we start with our faith. We may not be able to go far. You know what their, all their faith did was to bring the paralyzed man to him. 
<laughs> he took over from there. Huh? And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man who was paralyzed, take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Next. And some of the scribes say to themselves, this man is blaspheming. See that? They didn't realize he was exercising the faith of God. And Jesus, you know, because man should not talk like that. Now, do you understand? Huh? The only person who could forgive sins is God. And here, a man among them, whose mother they knew, whose father they were not sure of, but they just settled down to say, for now, let's accept Joseph. <laughs> okay? And then all of a sudden, he showed up from nowhere and is forgiving somebody's sin. Something only God does. What they didn't realize that they didn't realize it was God sent him, equipped him with his spirit, equipped him with his faith. In those days, for you to know that your sins were forgiven, you have to live to the end of your of the age. Then your sins are put on one side and your good deeds are put on one side and it's weighed. If one side is outweighing the other, then that's what they judge you for. So that sick man, the people is like, how can you forgive this man now? We've not reached the end of the age. In that culture, nobody knew what their destiny was, whether they were forgiven or not, until the end of the age. Do you know that that end of the age still has not come? So that man would have still waited. And all of a sudden, somebody came, took the faith of God, declared, notice the confession there. Was that not authoritative? A word of command. And said this. Go back to verse 3, I believe. No? Over here. Take courage. He didn't ask them, what shall we say to this man? Can we ask him to take courage or not? No. He said, take courage, son. What's the next line? Your sins are forgiven. Nobody ever did that before. I said to you, they will wait for God till the end of the age, and the man's sins and his righteous deeds will be put on scales. <laughs> so if his sins outweigh the righteous deeds, they say you're going to hell. Then if his good deeds outweigh the bad things, they say, oh, you're going to heaven. But the problem is that that was only to happen at the end of the age, and that end of the age, 2,000 years after, we're still looking for it. So the man's problem was still with him. So, but someone said in an instant, before their eyes, in history and time, on this earth, your sins are forgiven. Authority given. Now you see why they have problem. Watch what happened. And then, <laughs> and some of the scribes, those who wrote the Bible, who knew the Bible in and out, the storekeepers of the Bible said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are, you, are you understanding? All right. When the gift of faith happens sometimes, that's how people react. Watch what happened next. And Jesus perceiving their thoughts said, why are you thinking evil in your heart? Next, quickly. For which is easier? To say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? What is he saying? It's easier for me, Jesus said, to tell the man get up and walk. It's easier. 
commit. But I didn't say that. I say the more difficult things, which is your sins are forgiven. But I have a reason for saying it. Next verse. But so, I said it because so that you may know that the who? The Son of Man has what? Authority on earth to do what? Forgive sin. How did that authority come? By the gift of faith. Then he said to the man, okay, is that what you, now let me tell him what you've ever want to hear. Okay, man, he said to the paralyzed man, next verse, get up, pick your stretcher and go home. You, that's what you guys want me to say, right? <laughs> okay. And he did what? Got up. Because a gift of faith is speaking to him and went home. Next verse. Did you see him, stop, before we go to the next verse, go, you go back. Go back. Did you see him now confront the kingdom of Satan in that man? Establish the kingdom of God? Because the kingdom of God, the first gift that comes to man there is forgiveness. Are you following? Amen. The doorway to God's kingdom grace. The key is repentance. The doorway is forgiveness. Okay, notice. So he said that, right? And then by doing that, he didn't only shut the kingdom of Satan down. He revealed the kingdom of God. And here's the next thing that happened. Next, the crowd. But when the crowd saw this, they were what? Awestruck. And they did what? Glorified who? Now they are looking beyond Jesus then. Why did they glorify God? Who had given such what? Authority to who? Men. Initially, it's like, this is ordinary man. How can he do this? But at the end of the day, they saw God. When God is seen by physical senses, it's called glory. Did you see the glory of God there? Because Jesus exercised the gift of faith. <laughs> Praise God! Hallelujah. Go to chapter 15 of Matthew. Matthew 15. I don't know if you're seeing what I'm seeing here. Are you in Matthew 15? Okay. We're going to read verse 29. From verse 29. Departing from there, that was after he, he healed the woman with the issue of blood. Departing from there, Jesus went along by the Sea of Galilee. And having gone up on the mountain, he was sitting there. Next. Large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were what? Where, where was Jesus? Where, where was Jesus? On the mountain. On the mountain. Right? Is that what it says? Go back. I've always pointed your attention to this. Right? Departing from there, Jesus walked along by the Sea of Galilee. He took a stroll. Took some nice beach bridge, be, uh, breeze. Huh? And having. So he moved now to another realm. Where was that? On the mountain. He was where? What? Sitting there. Next. Where was he sitting? On the mountain. And large crowds came to him, bringing with them who? 
those who were what? Lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others. Naturally speaking, none of those people could find their way to the mountain. Have you noticed that? Is it the mute? Is it the lame? Is it the blind? You know, in today's society, they will tell you if there is no, what, what do they call it? You know, there's an act in America signed by former President Bush, Disability Act. If there were no disability, there was no disability act there, but people got there. That's how spoiled we are. Yeah, if people are going to the supermarket and fall because there's no ramp, they will sue. And there are relations hanging around to, to share the money. We will not agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we are, we are spoiled. We can't exercise faith. But people, family members say, Cripple, where is Jesus? They say he's on the mountain. They dragged their paralyzed people. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying? They dragged the mute. The mute. Mm -hmm. They dragged the lame. Can you imagine the lame get, finding himself on the mountain? Uh, they carried them on the back. When they got there, they said, you got to walk the rest too. They dragged them. Then somebody asked me, man of God, why is it that we don't see miracles the way they used to be in the Bible? Because we are not as desperate. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? So watch what happened. And what happened next? And let them at his what? Feet. And he did what? He healed them. Now, I want you to see the faith of the people who brought them. They exercised their own faith and knew where the limits are. And they brought him there. He used the gift of faith from God and healed all of them. And how many people were healed? All. Because the gift of faith had taken over at that time. Next verse. Wake up, somebody. Come on. You can't be sleeping under this. So the crowd, listen to this. The crowd did what? Marveled as they saw the mute, what? Speaking. The crippled doing what? Restored. The lame, what? Walking. And they, the blind, seeing. And they did what? They glorified Yahweh. <laughs> they glorified Jehovah. That's the God of Israel. That's the God of the church. He is still the same today as he was yesterday. And he will be the same forever. He's waiting for you to receive the gift of faith. Does anybody follow what I'm talking about? So, notice there was no family relation of Jesus there. He didn't need the healing. The gift of faith always for the benefit of humanity, for the revelation of the kingdom and glory of God. Did he defeat the kingdom of Satan there? Did he establish God's kingdom purposes and plans there? Was the glory of God revealed? <laughs> Listen to me. The Bible is systematic. When you don't receive it in a systematic way from anybody, it's because they don't understand it. It is systematic. Follow the pattern.
And that's what we'll do here. And we'll do more this coming year. And you cannot be the same. Listen, the years of sitting down for something to happen, that, no. You start and begin to make things happen. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe I'll give you one more. I have time for one more. Amen? Let's see if I can get to that quickly. It just came to me now. I remember the situation. Hmm? Oh. Praise God. Hallelujah. Go with me to Luke chapter 7. Luke 7. Luke 7, 11. This is a classic gift of operation of the gift of faith and workings of miracles together. Uh, amen? Does anybody follow? Amen. Soon afterwards, he went to a city called Nain. How many of you remember this story? Okay, you've not been reading the Bible lately, okay. Soon afterwards, he went to a city called Nain, and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large crowd. Next. Now, as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out. Woo! The only son of his mother. Woo! That's where they, they give... Listen, men may have fallen and weakened by that whole sight. And no man could do anything. But they met a man who has the gift of faith on him. Oh, no, you don't understand what I'm talking about here. Yeah? Do you understand what I'm... Are you beginning to see what I'm about to show you? Huh? Okay. Now, as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out. The only son of his mother. And she was a widow. See what the devil can do? But God always counters. And the sizable crowd from the city was with her. All they can now do is take heart. Take heart. Take heart. Take heart. Take heart. This is a widow. Only son is dead. <laughs> Men couldn't do anything at that point. Next. When the Lord saw her, that's also the compassion of God. That crowd had compassion. See, sometimes, whatever little you have, if you have compassion, show it well. If you have faith, exercise it. If you can't go far, God's own will kick in. God's compassion will kick in. Join your own compassion. Notice the woman was surrounded by a crowd, a sizable crowd. And I believe they had compassion on her. And they were faith, their own little faith. But when they met Jesus, when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her. And say to her, do not weep. Only the faith of God can tell somebody in that condition not to weep. Who are you? <laughs> tell a, a woman who's lost the husband and lost the only son. He said, don't weep. You better back it up. <laughs> Otherwise, you're dead. You'll be a third, the second dead man there. Do not weep. And he didn't say, do not weep. He said, stop weeping. Stop. 
Next, and he came up and touched the coffin. That's another miracle there. What was the first miracle? Come on, come on now, you know. What was the first miracle? Remember I told you they walk in three, these three. This, this one I'm talking about, it works with two others. Come on, you can tell me that. Before the end of this year, this is the last Thursday of the year. I see more than the gift of faith there. I see the gift of faith starting it. I see another gift. Eh? Walking of miracle. Notice on usual thing. How did you walk the miracle? The gift of faith propelled him. Are, are you following the nitty-gritty of what I'm teaching here? Eh? The gift of faith persuaded him. Jesus saw with the faith of the Father that that man will rise up. So he was persuaded by that gift of faith. In all boldness. First he said, the womb people stop weeping. Did you see the boldness? The persuasion? And they stopped. Everybody was looking at him. Then he walked to the house and did what? Touched the coffin. And what, when he touched the coffin, what happened? The bearers came to her. You know, those people who carry coffin, they don't stop easily. Uh, have you noticed? Oh, they will tell you. They are like pushed. <laughs> when he touched the thing, they stopped. Are you all following there? So, we are moving from the gift of faith. Now, we are in the workings of miracle. And he said, young man, that's a dead man. That's the thing about the gift of faith. He doesn't care what, the, what nature is doing. You're calling a dead man. As if he's alive, you're talking with him. Because he has seen in the spirit realm, that's the faith of God, that this man is alive. He say, young man. Listen to that. Look at the authority. Did you see the authority? I. <laughs> it doesn't matter who killed you, what killed you, but as long as I'm here, I say to you, arise. Simple. No shouting, no pounding, no sweating, no handkerchief, towel wiping faces. I say to you, and no beating. I say to you, arise. Did you notice that? Gift of faith, going to workings of miracles. Next. The dead man sat up and began to speak. Say it has to be God. No, you believe that? Say it got to be God. <laughs> it's only God. Say only God can do that. And he showed up. And he did it anyhow. Praise the Lord. Come on. The dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Next verse. Fear gripped them all. <laughs> you know, this is not fear. This is reverence. Awe. Awe. A sense of awe poured down like rain. Upon that crown. And they began glorifying God. Do you see the pattern here? Whenever this gift is exercised, the glory of God comes down. They and that's why Jesus said, I have come to glorify my father. And that's why they tell you and I, 
that our role here is to glorify God. And we've not really come close to that. Did you notice what happened there? Now, look at what they said. And they began glorifying God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, so... I think they were Nigerians. <laughs> Somebody asked me, said, Why is it that Nigerians always end their wars with O? So they said, A great prophet has arisen among us, so... And God has visited us, O, his people, O. <laughs> Did you notice that? Through man, they said that God has visited. You notice how they proceeded. A great prophet has arisen, and God has what? Visited. So they saw God in Jesus. Do you know that's the same thing Jesus wants people to see in us? Jesus wants the world to see God in us. He said, as my father sent me, how did the father send him? To go and represent him and glorify him. He said, I send you also. Am I making sense? Is that Greek? Yes. Certainly not my vernacular. So it must be English. This report concerning him went out all over Judea and in all the surrounding district. Did you notice that? The disciples of John reported to him about all these things. They told John, John, if you hear what these guys do, that's the, one of the things that, 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 that John had problem with. For John, he should have asked that woman, are you going to be born again? <laughs> so Jesus was healing everybody. Because with Jesus, I offer you the spirit, the blessings. It's up to you to receive or reject. But the key thing here is that the gift of faith is always there to glorify God. And the kind of faith we looked at in these last instances are faith that fall into the shade of meaning of, the, of faith as a gift. And I want to testify before you that it's available tonight. Amen. The glory of God can be released by you. You and I bear the glory of God. And it's waiting. God is waiting. If you believe what I'm saying, you can start making your way up. Standing up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Are we ready for that manifestation amen. of the glory of God? Come on, everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.